This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Good morning, friends of Radio Church. Donald Phillips is with you this morning from the Dunedin Methodist Parish. It's good to be with you, and I trust that you are warm. (laughs) This is time for pausing and praising, for thinking and thanking, for listening and learning, for confessing and forgiving. Holy friend, words about you are no substitute for the real thing. Thank you for the special times of the Spirit, moments of divine light when nothing separates us from you and we can experience a fragment of pure wonder and love. Now we come to our first hymn, a great old hymn by Isaac Watts, I Sing the Almighty Power of God, and it's sung for us this morning by St. Michael's Singers of Coventry.
We continue as we pray together. Loving God, we thank you for simple things. A piece of music, a walk by the sea, the song of a tui, the eyes of a friend, a ripple on still waters, the soft cheek of a babe, a loved one's hug, recovering from illness, an awakened memory, the striking of a clock, a parable from Jesus, the sharing of bread and wine, just to treasure such things, to use them as inspiration for the common love and service of ordinary days. Amen. God is always ready to hear us, but are we ready to front up when others expose our obvious faults, when we ourselves get angry with ourselves? Others may project shame on us and shun us, and we may find ourselves hard to live with. But you come to us with a grace and mercy, a therapy that truly forgives and heals. You are the light that exposes all shabbiness, the physician who diagnoses with total accuracy, the surgeon who cuts away disease and corruption, the pharmacist who prepares the right prescription, and the nurse who encourages our sore spirits back to health. You, Jesus Christ, are our loving judge and our enduring saviour. Please deal with us not exactly as we ask, but as we deserve, but with that wise compassion which knows us what is best for us. Now and always. Amen. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture from the Gospel of Luke, the 17th chapter, well-known story of the lepers. Now, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered one of the villages, ten lepers came to meet him. They stood some way off and called to him, Jesus, Master, take pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, as they were going away, they were cleansed. Finding himself cured, one of them turned back, praising God at the top of his voice, and threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. This made Jesus say, Were not all ten made clean? The other nine, where are they? It seems that no one has come back to give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to the man, Stand up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. May God write those words in our heart. As they were going, they were cleansed. In the name of God, amen. However loyal we are to our beloved Otago, there are moments when the prospect of another return to bitter weather makes us think about some Pacific island with its white sand, blue skies and warmth. If it is the prospect of thunder snow, that new term, that sends us scurrying to our travel brochures, 
it can be the prospect of a flourishing spring that brings another sort of trouble to thousands of Kiwis. Talking about hay fever, a perennial discomfort to a host of otherwise healthy folk. But now, a gleam of hope. In the news this week that Australian scientists are on the verge of producing an antidote. Well, back to the Pacific. One of those tempting Pacific islands is called Makungai in the Fiji group. But among you, in your memories, there was a day when we knew of this place well because it was a centre for the treatment of leprosy. Leprosy has ceased virtually after being such a scourge for thousands of years. For that, we can thank generations, literally, of scientific research and patient care and personal dedication, like the sisters at the Leprosy Centre on Mahungai. Of course, we need to get our scale of values in order. Hay fever is hardly to be compared with leprosy as a danger to humanity. But there is that linking factor of medical science, always looking for new answers to old problems. In biblical times, there was no comparable approach to illness. It was largely seen as a visitation from the gods or God, as a punishment for wrongdoing, for sin. Though the leper was still allowed to live at the edges of society, they eked out an existence in caves or tents, wore certain sorts of clothing, kept their distance, rang bells, shouting, unclean, if someone came too close. In Israel, certainly, they were recognised as part of the society and they could sort of rely on the charity that ordinary folk believed it was their duty to provide. And there were also provisions in place when their situation changed. They were the sort of people that Jesus encountered as he moved around, groups of them, looking after each other, sharing whatever charity they had received. Jesus understood their plight, and Jesus trusted his own judgment. When he thought that there had been a healing, when he considered that they were clean, he could and did send them to the priest. And if the priest agreed the disease was now no threat, they would be considered ceremonially clean. Today, in so many situations, all that's needed is the right tablet or something more sophisticated like, say, gene therapy or stem cell treatment. But our need for healing is as real as it ever was. Every account of Jesus' ministry underlines his understanding that restoration to health is a sign that the kingdom of heaven, God's rule, is present here among us. 
Health is surely the ultimate expression of God's will for us and God's presence with us. It fulfills those words used in the account of creation that what God made was good. The World Health Organization takes this same holistic view. Though it is not an obviously religious view, when it refers to health as a state of complete physical, mental and social well-being. Health is a social harmony as well as personal well-being. It seeks the elimination of violence and the establishment of justice as well as mercy. It's the presence of social as well as physical harmony. But good health means even more than that. Our world needs healing. Ours is a living planet, not the same as simply a planet with life on it. It is a living planet. That's the point. It's a simple one and yet so profound. There must be, for that reason, in our environment, clean air and pure water, but also adequate housing, readily available health services, accessible work for those who want it, hazard-free workplaces. A healthy planet must deal with the issues of war and peace, wealth and poverty, oppression and injustice, truly democratic forms of government, under equality, sensitive openness to human rights issues. That's what a healthy planet needs. A creative and social environment, adequate education, the eradication of unemployment and poverty, a society that faces up to the critical issues of domestic violence and gun control and substance abuse. All these are signs of a healthy, such a list of priorities, isn't it? But for us, that additional imperative, our spiritual lifestyle, our relationship with God, found in personal renewal, in recreation, in rediscovering an awareness of natural beauty, and in an attitude of hopefulness and possibility. Our planet is healthy when those who live in it are linked, linked to a source of meaning. When we live in a web of relationships that sustain and nurture us, when we know we have the capacity to respond to God. People of faith, we can respond to the biblical concept, that lovely word, shalom, a word that covers so much human well-being, long lives, happiness, and a peaceful death when the time comes. But now we are alive and we are challenged, challenged to walk with Jesus 
with whom we too may encounter the outcasts of society and offer them, our neighbours, healing and hope, and at the same time live our own lives to the full. Amen. Now we're going to listen to a great old hymn, a great Welsh hymn, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. It's by a man named William Williams. And the tune, well known to you, Cumronda, sung for us by the carefully male voice choir. Let us pray. God, our Creator, open our eyes to your goodness. May we give ourselves to our tasks with good grace and show goodwill in all that we do through Jesus Christ, our ever-present Lord. Amen. And let us pray for our world. Wherever there is confusion or despair... May the saving love of Christ come with its light and joy. Wherever there is emotional sickness or mental disarray, 
May the saving love of Christ still exert its ancient power. People suffer from accident or disease, carry a handicap, or bear a tearing grief. May the saving love of Christ be intimately present. Wherever there are injustices which crush body, mind, and spirit, may the saving love of Christ bring liberty to victims and repentance to the oppressors. Wherever there is bad blood within communities or between countries, may the peace of Christ be recognized as the way to deliver us from destruction. Wherever we have failed to be a healing community, call us to that compassion that bears all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So, our Lord, hear our prayers, toughen our faith, widen our compassion. Through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. And a final hymn. The words by Shirley Murray, the music by Colin Gibson, and it's from an album called Alleluia Aeteroab, the singers of the group named Colavoce, directed by Roger Stevenson, Take My Gifts. As you go your different ways, may you have the wisdom and the will to help others, but the humility to allow others to help you. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and fellowship in the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forever. Amen. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.